it is another beautiful day in Podcastville, and my wonderful co-host and I are bringing you to the doorstep of everybody's favorite podcast. What is it, co-host? TV channeling, your favorite entertainment and TV review news show. Certainly is mine. My name is Tachi. <laughs> and my name is Kevin, and I am super psyched because we have a jammed packed show this week i am so excited tanchi and yes i'm fine kevin thank you for asking <laughs> and you? well you sound great so i, I just knew you were so that don't, it went without saying how great don't you are. be assuming by the tone of my wonderful voice that i'm fine i need you to ask <laughs> so how have you been mm, fine you I am great, and I am excited about this show. So let's get to it. So Tachi, what is up first? Because we have a bunch of news to cover. We've got mm-hmm. a brand new review. So what's up first? Yeah, since some of you have pointed out we haven't done a new uh, review since 1972, well, we've got one for you. So the bridge is over. Today we're talking about what, Kevin? Jean-Luc Picard's show, it's called Picard. It's Star Trek Picard, actually. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about the CBS All Access show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At the Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> at the end of the 24th century and 14 years after his retirement from Starfleet, Jean-Luc Picard is living a quiet life on his vineyard, Chateau Picard, uh, when he is sought out by a mysterious young woman, uh, Daja, uh, in need of his help, he soon realizes she may have personal connections to his own past. All right, Tachi, what did you think of CBS All Access's Star Trek Picard? <laughs> you need a voiceover job. <laughs> Star Trek Picard. <laughs> so, aside from Kevin's wonderful introduction, which I loved, by the way, I, oh. I, okay, I have to say this. You know I am a Jean-Luc Picard stan, okay? When I say stan... The way some people stand for Beyonce is the way I stand for Jean-Luc. Okay? <laughs> You're part of the, 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 the Jean-Luc hive. I am, the, yes. And there may be like just two or three hundred of us, but that's okay. <laughs> we, buzz, <laughs> we buzz all the time. So I absolutely love Patrick Stewart. He's a fantastic actor, very distinguished, and love Jean-Luc Picard. In fact, that is one of my favorite franchises of uh, Star Trek. So the with him as a captain. So I was very pleased. And you know what? It just makes sense. Anatomical sense, story sense, that this that he would be the next in the franchise, Picard. Absolutely. So I I they started out with this wonderful, I mean, it actually started a little different, but he then, you know, towards the middle of the beginning, you see this expansive, wonderful vineyard that he lives on, on Chateau Picard. It was just a beautiful, and I know you love, you're a house person, <laughs> so I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to hear what you thought about his, his chateau, but I absolutely loved, he opened the window, and I'm like, I got such a sense of peace for some reason. When he opened the window, I went, ah. <sighs> 
Like, he, oh, like I was there. <laughs> I felt the, relaxed. You can feel the breeze coming off of the grapes and everything. I felt his uh, retirement fund when he did that. I knew right away that he had retired when he did that because nobody just buys a vineyard. You retire and buy a vineyard. That's what happens. Unless you're you've got crazy money and you just that's just your dream. But usually it's like I'm retiring on a vineyard in the French countryside. That's what it gave me the a feeling of. And you're so used to seeing uh Captain Picard in a sense, uniform in oh, uniform, ahead. right, as a member of Starfleet. You're so used to seeing him in that sense. So to see him, that's why I got this, ah, oh, he's back on Earth. Oh, he's retired. Ah, oh, he's living his dream. Although, you know, we'll find out later <laughs> whether or not that's the dream. But it just gave me such a sense of peace. I loved that opening scene. Although, you know, there was some turmoil before that scene. Well, well, what did you think, Kevin? I've been talking a lot about it. Okay, well, first of all, you're right about my uh, my uh, uh, TV house hunting. And I love the seamless way they blended the, uh, you know, uh, a... A, a chateau mm -hmm. a, a country a, a french country kind of uh look with this 24th century technology so at one point somebody's cooking they're in the kitchen and it looks basically like a kitchen we might have today but it also has a replicator in it it also has um uh uh, it's uh, there's some kind of machine that's doing the stirring of some kind of sauce. There's some kind yes. of thing hovering above the pot, stirring constantly. I'm like, and I need that right now. Whatever the hell that is, get they actually kind of do have those, but I don't know how effective they are. They're not, yeah, and they don't not hover. Like yeah, but no, anyway, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I need one of those now. So put that on my gift registry, somebody, because yes, I need that. Um, and then there's like a hologram, uh, like TV that is uh on that's hovering. Of the, there's an image that's hovering, um, in front of somebody who's cooking. Right, they're watching the news right um at the a uh, kitchen island and what's neat about it is the image rever is uh, uh, on both sides so on one side the person's watching and i can be you can be on the opposite side of them and you're seeing the exact same image as them it anyway i just love the way they seamlessly did it and at one point jean luc is uh having an interview his first interview since he left starfleet under mysterious circumstances i'm not sure how much we want to give away about why he left so he Let's didn't just he didn't just retire and get a gold <laughs> watch there was a, no he left he like he like he, i'm, I'm right. out of here he's blowing right, this pop right. stand peace so, witches <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at one point we see this person who's going to interview him. We see the technology of a of a like you know of a of a interview as far as in the camera, in the future the lights. And I love how there's a makeup person and they're not actually doing physical makeup. What they're doing is they're doing make they're basically doing a hologram kind of makeup that will be projected onto the interviewer. And the interviewer is picking like okay I like that version of the makeup for me. And that just like that was so cool so all the little touches about the future you mentioned the vineyard these drones that are basically going around watering the vineyards these these hovering like you know machines that are uh, that are that are uh irrigating the vineyards i i was loving that 
So yeah, and you know, just to, not to interrupt you, my friend, but I didn't. Here's the thing: I didn't notice at first that they were drones watering, do, doing the irrigation, because it was they were flying in the formation of a machine that would do the watering. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like an on-the-ground machine. So I didn't notice at first, but then I looked up, I said, wait, those are drones. So this is kind of what this says to me, that, you know, that you remember when our teachers would say, yeah, in the year 2000, you're going to be flying, you know, flying cars, like that kind of stupidness. So we were so willing in our depictions of the future to throw away the past. And I think what this says is that the future includes the past so you see like you said something that would look like a kitchen we have now but there are touches of modern i think there's even a website called like touch of modern or something so it does it doesn't mean that you throw away your entire existence as you know it that just means that there are things included that make it easier for you and that are just neat to have and i think that's a more realistic concept of the future than what we've been taught to believe in the past Oh, absolutely. It's basically like if you could base, uh, uh, go back in time and bring your great, great, great grandmother here to today, she would recognize our kitchen as being a kitchen. She would know what a microwave was. What the hell is that? But you're like, don't put metal in that grand, great, 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 great grandma. But anyway, oh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but she would understand, oh, this thing is keeping the food cold. And she does. So basically, so that's what's neat about how Picard's handling the future. And we're going to talk about the future. There are several shots of several cities in the future. So there's, there's future Boston, 2020, uh, 24, uh, the year 24 boston there's the year 24 san francisco which i noticed that the golden gate bridge has um uh it had um solar panels on it and i was yes. like pretty sweet um and um also we see paris and to see the eiffel tower uh, uh and the architecture of of paris in with infused with all kinds of few super futuristic things was gorgeous and so it's that because it's more of like what the re what the reality will be the future will look different from today as as our futures do like with uh, the laptops we have and the the uh everybody walking around with little uh ear uh ear ear uh earbuds that are cordless now um that kind of thing but still it doesn't look super crazy that we can't recognize things because th there was an old school like if you watch old episodes of twilight zone that kind of thing there was this kind of idea that we would all agree one day as a society like let's all wear silver suits and silver boots I'm like yes. we're all wearing that now forever that's our that's that's what we all wear <laughs> it's like so <laughs> no it's not gonna look completely crazy so if we woke up all of a sudden 100 years had passed uh rip van winkle style um if the world hasn't been destroyed by you know who uh the current commander in true mm. then <laughs> if we're still alive if we've survived this horrible horrible time in history then chances are we'll you know people still under will we'll still re uh recognize you know jeans and t-shirts it won't be that far out that they want like you know what is this like cloth you wear you call it cotton what is that <laughs> <laughs> what is that Polly S. 
You're, you're absolutely right. And the thing that the, that whole thing didn't take into account of, which is why, you know, in the 50s was was a, a classic time of that type of in the year 2000, the future, the kitchen of tomorrow. That was the real time. And, and you know, that had a lot to do with being post-war and having these new ideas and a new hope. So they came up with some ideas that you're like, well, what the hell? Right. So that I think that um, they don't they didn't think about the fact that fashion goes in cycles. And so it's like, so would fashion stop going in cycles? Would they stop doing these things? And who's going to wear these these uh, tinfoil suits? Hmm? Well, I think that they were thinking because of what things look like uh, as far as in like a space suit. So they, we'd all be just wearing these kind of like this space kind of look like we were. Yes, we were all crews or a crew, a crew of a, of a spaceship. We might be all wearing the same thing. But no, all of us won't agree on Earth to all be wearing the same silver matching out uh, uh, silver jumpsuit with silver boots. We won't we don't won't all agree to wear that. So for some reason, when you look at certain things about uh, the visions of what the future will look like. The year is 1987, and they'll show it looks like it's like, <laughs> no, everybody doesn't have robots. So, <laughs> yeah, Buck Rogers. But exactly. It, you know, it, it was also, you know, not to get into that whole thing, but the future, their view of the future was also very Eurocentric. I'm sorry. In Nigeria, we weren't going to be wearing a uh, tinfoil suit, long sleeve with boots. That just wasn't going to happen, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they weren't anticipating Wakanda fashions in, no. <laughs> on the, in those old Twilight Zone episodes. So let's no. get back to the show. People are like, "What the hell?" Back are they talking to the about? show. But it was tangent. <laughs> but the show is so futuristic looking. The show is absolutely gorgeous looking. Um. But you know that's what how TV is now. But but I'm sorry. The special effects were on point. Um. Oh, and yeah. this the new character we were introduced to this mysterious uh, Dodge, I believe is how you're pronouncing her name. Dodge. Uh-huh. Um. She the actress who plays her is really interesting. It's hard to talk about this episode because there's so many secrets about who Dodge is. By the end of episode one, we do discover who Dodge is, what her identity is, and her connection to Jean Luc. And it's a very interesting connection. And there's very interesting backstory to why Jean-Luc has left. I will say it has something to do with a terrorist incident. And um, Starfleet basically kind of changing their goals and what they stand for. And they stopped standing for what Jean-Luc believed in. So he took a powder. And um, I just being getting... There's a scene where Jean-Luc is being is talking to the people that that like uh take care of him and uh, work with him at the vineyard and he basically talks about the kind of what's happened since he left Starfleet right and and how he was basically licking his his wounds all this time and he wasn't living his life he was just waiting to die but I'll say this by the end of this episode he's not waiting for anything he is taking off on a brand new adventure and. I was absolutely captivated. Yes. I can't get over how quickly. I mean, because this is the the Patrick uh, uh, Stewart is an older gentleman. And I was wondering, like, how are they going to do this? Are they going to try to pretend like he's not an old man? No, they're not pretending he's not an old man. He is an old man, but he's an old man with a purpose. 
Well, and exactly. And that transcends age, which is kind of what I think they're trying to say. And to the point of not pretending that he's not an old man, you know, obviously he aged. And, you know, to go back to the opening scene, Data makes an appearance. So if you remember um, Data, the android, he makes an appearance and they're there playing a game of, it's not chess, I don't know. Or maybe they, were, oh, they, were, they, were, they were playing poker. Po that's right they were playing poker so they were playing an earth game so they were playing poker and i was like oh it, it like kind of old feelings came flooding back i was like oh look at data and and uh captain picard we're playing a game so you know this is when that's it it's calm it's the calm before the storm actually and so there's a point where this um dodge and jean-luc are running so it was clear that he was no longer the Jean-Luc of the 90s because he was like, wait, wait, you know, when he had to take a take a minute to catch his breath. And that was brilliant. That was within keeping of the character and who he is at this point. He wouldn't be able to run 10, ten you know, quick well, first on of all, the dime I, like that. I, had to, I want to give him credit because first of all, remember when, when, when Dodge basically uh, tells him we got to run, they're like on they're like in this like plaza area in San Francisco at like Starfleet Academy and they run up to this like rooftop thing. The fact that he even got up there because <laughs> I would have collapsed well in the stairwell. I would have never made it up as far as high as high as he managed to get up there before he collapsed. And, so, thank you. <laughs> and we are nowhere near his age. Exactly. So, so I, had to get, I gave him major props for even getting up that high before he had to tap out. And then Dodge had to kick some major ass. Well, I will say this much because you've seen this. If you've seen any of the trailers for the show, the the action sequences are impeccable. Um, uh, Dodge is just a badass. Well, I can't say this because this, since this happens in the first literally five minutes of the show, we can talk about it. We, we first see Dodge in her apartment with her boyfriend yes. and she's talking about the fact that she's just been accepted, uh, uh, to this new program where she's going to be working on some kind of genetic, some kind of super, you know, science, super, super sci-fi something that she's working on that she's a genius yeah. at, which is great. So I'm happy for her. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, these guys like um uh beam in three like I don't know space ninjas or galactic bounty hunters or something <laughs> um, that have like these these like uh, helmets on and they're all in black. They 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 beam in and they immediately throw a knife like at a her boyfriend and kill him within like you know, two seconds of the show. So I bet he yes. was so excited when his agent called him like, you're yes. going to be in Star Trek Picard. Oh my yeah. God. For Let the first you. two minutes. <laughs> and then, and then he got the script and I, he was like, wait, I only work for one day. <laughs> he only gets paid for one day of work. And this is the thing. He is not a human. And so, you know, he's made up in the makeup. So, uh, you know, it's like, I'm sure he was the, oh, and I get to where I'm cast as such and such and I get to, and that was it. So I'm hoping that they bring him back, that he's instrumental somehow in this whole thing and they bring him back because they had to, the brother had to die within the first two minutes of the <laughs> Oh, I, I don't think he's coming back, back, Tachi. I think he's gone forever. But, but, um, <laughs> but anyway. But the point is, Dodge just this regular girl, and then when these guys are like trying to kidnap her, um, all of a sudden she just like 
freezes for a second and then she starts kicking ass and then one of the guys says like oh my god she's been activated and she kicks their ass and takes out the trash and she doesn't know how or why and the adventure begins and And she does it it, blindfolded now with a hood over her head oh with a hood over her head she dispatches of the space ninjas the intergalactic bounty hunters she with a quickness she takes them out and they come back again in force to try and take her down and it is incredible the effects the the fighting the action sequences very very well done all of the locations i don't know how much money they spent on the pilot of this episode of, of the pilot episode or how much they're gonna spend on each sub- subsequent episodes but the look all i could think Okay, I'm going to start some controversy and some trouble probably for myself on social media. Uh Uh-oh. There are people who love Star Wars, and there are people who love Star Trek. I'm a person who loves both, but I'm sorry. If I have to choose one, if it's not a Sophie's choice for me, this is an easy choice. I am a Star Trek person. I am absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah, I, and you know what? I like both, but I've always been more of a Trekkie than a exactly. Star Wars person. You know, I, I like a Wookiee. Just I, I, I would hug Chewbacca, and we could hang. And you know still. how I feel about Baby Yoda. So. Oh, 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 I, you know what? I would babysit Baby Yoda. That's yes. how you so I'm cool, but uh, just the look of the, the to me. The Star Trek has always been more grounded in the real world and what a future could be and um, a, a, a kind of an aspirational look at what the future could be, um, what the future should be, you know, not just, you know, a, a, in a future where race is no longer an issue, but species, you know, people from different you know, from other worlds and stuff like that interacting and trying to have peace. Not always. Clearly, they don't always have peace because there's that people are getting shot a lot, but there's still. <laughs> they're striving for peace and that's what i like and so watching (laughs) at least they try yeah watching this just reminded me how much i love star trek no you know what i feel exactly the same way like i said old emotions started to come back about star trek and and i have to to this i say damn it cbs all access because you know i I love Star Trek, obviously, but you know how I was about, well, I'm not paying for CBS All Access because of, uh, uh, you know, Star Star Trek Trek Discovery. Discovery. Right. Which I really want. I saw the first episode, loved it, but I was like, "Mm, nope, not doing it. So, but CBS All Access, you're starting to get under my skin in more ways than one. Oh, yeah, this is no accident. I, I, too, am annoyed that the fact that, like, all these other, like, retreads, like, when CBS did, oh, let's do a new version of Magnum P.I. Oh, let's do a new version of MacGyver. Oh, that's on regular CBS. But um, a new Star Trek series that stars um, a, a, a young a black woman who happens to not be the captain because all the other Star Trek shows were always, the focus was always the captain on all of them. And so to have the focus not be on a captain was an interesting uh, 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 take in uh, on a Star Trek traditional show and a different kind of uh, vibe for it. And I absolutely loved, I saw all of the first season of Star Trek Discovery. I haven't uh, seen season two yet. I don't have CBS All Access currently. But um, 
seeing Picard is just like, damn it, they are all these different Star Trek things, and there's more coming down the pike. There's going to be a Starfleet uh, show about the actual Academy, just about the about the school, and I'm sure, uh, can you imagine how inc- incredibly sexy all of those Starfleet students are going to be? They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, of course, they're gonna be, that's the first place you went. These sexy teens. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to be sexy teens. Not, and that's just going to be part of it. They can't help it. So anyway, there's, it's basically. I think mean, you know what's going to be. It's going to be Riverdale in space. That's what they're doing. I, I, I can just feel it. So anyway, you know that doesn't please me, but oh, I know. But anyway, so yeah, there there will be abs. But anyway, I I just um. I'm angry at CBS <laughs> because they keep wang- they keep basically coming after us as uh, 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 Trekkies, as uh, Star Trek fans, basically like, give us money, give us money, give us money. So I'm going to give the tip that I've given many times before on this show to try and give them as little money as possible. So <laughs> they're going to get some out of us, but let's give them as little as possible. So there's actually three episodes of Jean-Luc Picard that are available, I believe, currently each each week that they, they don't drop they don't drop the show's Netflix style where the whole season is available uh the date of launch they've released three episodes um of uh I believe the third one just came out this past Thursday every Thursday there's a new episode that's available until the whole first season is done they've already guaranteed there will be two seasons so uh season 2 is already apparently in the works which I'm very excited about so I my recommendation is wait for all of season one to be completely uh, out of Picard, then join um, CBS All Access for either the, the free week because they give you a free glorious seven days or join it for a whole month where you pay out the money for a whole month. Watch the first two seasons of Star Trek Discovery. Watch the first full season of Star Trek Picard. And if you're like me and you loved uh, uh, The Good Wife, watch The Good Fight, all of that show, and then drop it like a hot rock and run as fast as your legs will carry you away. And then a year later, join back up and watch season three of Star Trek Discovery and season two of Picard. If you even have the <laughs> wherewithal to do such a thing. You know, the thing that that only works if you have patience. <laughs> Some people don't have patience. And well, that's what you they're have, counting if you have on. More, sometimes you have to have more patience than you have, mo- than you have money. And so if you don't want to basically be paying for something for, you know, every... There are certain services, honestly, I only have them for one or two shows. And so am I going to pay them, you know, for 12 months of the year to watch two shows and for me the answer is a resounding no nope (laughs) so if you don't care and you have money to burn and you want to then you go ahead and pay them forever and uh and just watch the i used to there was two shows that i used to love on showtime there was um uh, nurse jackie and Penny Dreadful, and coincidentally, they aired at the exact same time. Uh, they would be, they premiered on the exact same day, and they had the finale on the same day. So l- they would premiere on a Sunday. I would call uh, Dish Network, which is the service I had for my TV. I would call them on Sunday afternoon and be like, "Sign me up for Showtime." And literally, after the after the thirteen weeks on the the that Sunday night when the finale aired. I would call them like drop it like a hot rock. No more showtime for Kevin. And and they wouldn't see me for a year. 
No, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I, I would do that. So, uh, I, I'm I'm annoyed. CBS All Access. Very. Oh, annoyed. I absolutely am too. And when you want to make you want to get more annoyed, let me give you a little factoid. You may oh, not know. Oh, thank you. Go ahead. For people that live outside of the U.S., Star Trek Discovery and I believe Jean uh, Picard as well are of air on their Netflix shows. What? They don't have because they don't. If you're in if you're in France, Tachi, you're in England. You don't CBS who all access what they don't know about CBS. So they have those shows are on. Um, uh, those shows are on Netflix. So if you have one of those, I can't remember what they're what it's called. A VPN. Thank you. If you have that, if you have one of those things, basically what that does, it gives you the ability to have to trick your laptop or your iPad into thinking you're in a different country or to like. So the, the, the signature like the uh, the Internet signal signature will say you're in Paris when you log into your Netflix account. When you log into your Paris Netflix account, you will have access to these shows uh, uh, different shows than you have access to here. So there's some shows that we have access to here on Netflix that they aren't are movies that aren't available there due to legal, uh, uh, you know, uh, contractual reasons. And the same is true when it comes to Discovery and Picard. So if you have one of those that they can basically trick uh, the internet into thinking that you're 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 uh, you're in Paris, you know, on a bicycle with a baguette in your basket. Then you can watch. <laughs> <laughs> you can Flair watch Dark, <laughs> and you're wearing a beret while you're watching it. Then, <laughs> then you can you can watch these shows without an additional cost. See, you can't do stuff like that to me, Kevin. Know that I'm a filmmaker, so whenever you tell me a hypothetical situation, I've already dreamed what it all looks like in the film. So I'm like picturing a mime on a bike. With a <laughs> oh, you took it to another level. For I, did. I did. I <laughs> did. With, with a French baguette in his uh, basket. Going to his <laughs> wonderful uh, uh, apartment on Rue 21. That's what I'm picturing. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait! Is he riding a an imaginary bicycle or an actual bicycle? Like, <laughs> an, act, an actual bicycle, but maybe an imaginary baguette. Hmm. Ooh! All right. Yeah. He might crash into an uh, um, imaginary wall. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, there's a couple of ways to do it. So you can you can uh, you can get one of those spoofing accounts where you can trick your Netflix account into thinking that you're in another country. And watching us, uh, uh, Picard and uh, Discovery that way. If you're a trekker or a trekkie, uh, or you can uh, join CBS All Access. All if you are, or maybe you're one of those people that are listening to us that already have CBS All Access, and you're like, oh, I already have it. Well, then you know what? We're not even talking about you. We're not talking to you. <laughs> and you know what? You probably think this this uh, this fact what is about you. It's not. It's, but exactly. anyway, <laughs> so there's a couple of options. So not that we even have to ask this question of each other but i think it's time to at least feign asking this question um so tachi Hmm. when it comes to star trek picard Hmm. cbs all access is star trek picard unless you're in somewhere else netflix is picard are you going to keep (laughs) watching star trek picard or are you going to change the channel well when it comes to cbs all accesses star trek picard I think that I am going to keep watching. We already knew this was the answer. This is just a rigmarole and an exercise in futility because we already know that I am going to continue to watch. I was drawn in from moment one when I saw them playing poker. 
drawn in. Like I said, he was the captain of my favorite franchise, one of my favorite franchises of Star Trek. So I was really excited. And in fact, you know, when I heard that that this was happening, I heard the the buzz about it. He even made a an appearance at Comic-Con, a surprise appearance, and talked about the fact that this was coming. I'm over the moon. I love Jean-Luc Picard as a captain and I I can't wait. I'm just excited because it's like when you see the end, you know, it's like the gang's all back. I, I'm like super excited. I'm like, yes. So I, I'm going to keep watching in one of the ways that we mentioned. <laughs> I won't say which. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk after the show because I think you're gonna have to include, you're gonna have to share one of your uh, anyway. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. So <laughs> I suppose I should ask you the same question, Kevin. When it comes to CBS All Accesses or Netflix in France, Jean um, Star Trek Picard, will you keep watching or will you change the channel? Oh God, this is really tough. I'm really on the fence, Tachi. I don't know. Yeah, I'm watching it. Okay, <laughs> you know good and damn well you're watching it. Oh my God, Tachi, the fu- you mentioned the the uh, there's two things. The final shot of episode one, they give you such a surprise in the very final shot before credits roll. Like I was like. What? Yes. And that's, oh my God. I was like, I was vibrating. I want to tell you people so badly, but I want to spoil it for you. I want you to have the same. All I'm going to ask you is when you're watching the very last five minutes of the show, don't be drinking any beverages near any kind of like fabrics or anything you care about because you're going to do a spit take and spit all over it. So don't drink any beverages in the last five minutes of the show. Don't be, co- don't be carrying in like your grandmother's china into the room and like what because it's all broken you will drop don't be things. doing anything else in fact just sit down and be yeah because if you're carrying anything or if you're drinking anything you will spit you will choke you will drop stuff of value so if you hold a pillow hold things that are non-breakable because <laughs> there is a moment at the end that is like mind-blowing and if your mind wasn't blown enough then they're all like this season on star trek picard yes. they start showing you little bits of what's to come and it's like it's blast from the past but what i love is he is putting a new band together and it's just like yes. what, a new crew oh my god i'm so I, excited I mean, when i looked at this i i was like cbs all access what kind of sorcery is this you know good and damn well i don't want to pay you a dime but here it's- you go I know they really they um they twisted the knife and just like oh you bastards like that same knife that they killed the boyfriend with <laughs> <laughs> oh it hurt so yeah I I I am I am begrudgingly gonna watch Star Trek <laughs> I'll watch it, but I won't be happy. I won't be. I'll be bitter and enraged through the whole process. But hopefully we'll find a way to watch it as cheaply as possible. So, again, either uh, a spoof. uh, uh, If you have a Netflix account, uh, uh, use a spoofer. Use a VPN. Yeah, to basically convince that you're uh, you're Netflix account, that you're in in Paris or somewhere else when you're watching it. You're in London. Uh, And then, or... Uh, just join for that glorious first week once the whole season is dropped um, and then uh, uh, watch in that one glorious week or pay for it. Treat yourself to a whole month and watch those 13 episodes at your leisure. I think it's 13. It might be as little as 10. Um, and uh, watch watch the episodes in that one glorious month and then drop CBS All Access like a hot rock. 
Hmm. Well, we've sufficiently worn that one out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, get on your French bicycle and ride away as quickly as you can. With All a right. mind and <laughs> so, baguette. <laughs> and your baguette. Yes. All right, Tachi, let's get to the news. We have so much news to cover. We do. We do. And as fun as talking about Star Trek Picard was, we need to move on. <laughs> That's the way you got to say it. You got to say it like exactly. that every That's, time. You have to say it that way. It deserves no less. So... <laughs> <laughs> our first story we're going to talk about is actually all right so we we already know it's actually been exactly one week since the fatal helicopter crash that killed um kobe bryant his daughter jana and nine uh was it nine in total i think yes, it was nine in total nine in total and seven seven other people uh it was a tragic accident it was really unexpected there are all sorts of conversations that have come up about this. Obviously, when it first happened, we see all sorts of tributes. Like, I found out, uh, like, probably not as quick as that wretched TMZ, but I found out really, you know, really quickly after the, I said, is this, a, is this real? And I had to check a couple of news sources and found out, indeed, it did happen. So, you know, uh, we feel for the families in this case, it's really a terrible thing. But there have been those individuals who have taken undue advantage of the situation to bring up other things uh, connected with that. So, one of the things is there was a reporter. Her name was Felicia. I mean, we kept getting by Felicia. <laughs> I'm like, how very original. But anyway, Felicia Sanmez was suspended last Monday. So she tweeted out a story that so this was two hours after it was confirmed that he had passed. He and seven other uh his, he, his daughter, and seven other people had passed away in this tra tragic accident. So two hours after that. A Washington Post reporter, Felicia Sanmez, had tweeted a story for about his 2003 sexual assault case. Um, in this case, he it, this is what happened in, was it Denver? I think it was Denver, um, when they were out in Denver. I and so. it was a hotel employee um, yes. where, that he had um, forced, apparently forced relations with. Um, and he, again, at first denied that it wasn't forced, it was consensual. And then what happened was they came to a settlement and he actually apologized for it. So some wrongdoing happened in this case. We, we know that there, this was wrong. The hence why he bought his dollar, his, um, not his dollar, his wife, a $5 million purple diamond ring. So we knew all that. It really tarnished his reputation for a while, and it was a crawl back to come back from that. So anyway, this reporter tweeted out about that two hours afterwards. Twitter was not happy. Black Twitter nor regular Twitter was happy. And they there were all sorts of threats and things that came up, uh, you know, against her because, because of this. You know how Twitter does. Uh, they hide behind their threats. So as a result of the tweet, she was actually suspended by Martin Barron, who's the Washington Post top editor. Um, and, you know, people were asking, you know, were calling for her suspension, whatever, and they provided it. However, they reinstated her the next day, Tuesday afternoon. So there's a couple of things here, and then I can't wait to, to hear what you have to say about this. There are a couple of things here. One, was it appropriate? She said that when we look at these figures, we have to look at them in their totality. 
I agree. As a journalist, you do have to look at things in their totality. How the hell soever was it appropriate two hours after the man and his daughter and other people had died to talk about the wrongdoing in his past. I'm not saying that he was fine and upright for what he did. What I am saying is that wasn't the story. I kind of talked about this on my other show and I likened it to when people were talking about Bill Cosby, right? What happened was people were like, oh, well, would they have, you know, kind of in the opposite way. Oh, well, would they have talked about, what about Harvey Weinstein? What about XYZ? Fine. I agree. Harvey Weinstein needs to be prosecuted to the letter of the law. However, you're talking about two different things. It is a non sequitur. We're not talking about equal justice under the law here. We're talking about whether or not Bill Cosby was guilty of sexually assaulting these women. The other thing does not apply in this case. So just like with this case, it does not apply that there was um, sexual assault in this. The man died. So that's what we're talking about right now. Give some time. And then if you want to do a, a story about how we tend to put people on pedestals, despite their wrongdoing, that then that's fine. But give some time because that is what a decent journalist does. And clearly you're not a decent journalist. That's one thing. So go ahead. I have more to say, but I want to hear from you, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, I think I'm going to get in trouble for what I'm going to say here because say it. I don't think that she should have been suspended because it would be different to me if she put out something, if she, she, I, I believe she like tweeted a link to a story about the actual uh, original incident. So it wasn't like she posted something that wasn't true. Um, and so I don't know what their policy is that you're not supposed to tweet anything when you're uh, a reporter at, at uh, for this particular uh, publication, what the rules are about what she can and can't post as a private citizen or under the guise of being one of their employees. So I think that's probably why they back, they reverse themselves because it's just like, what did she do to break? What did she, did she break any uh, policies that they had? And my guess is they don't have a policy saying that if some figure of note dies you can't post anything negative about them for 48 hours or something right well so they they went back and discovered that she did not go against the social media policy and like you said it's probably because the social media policy they had in place was not clear about what and how to tweet in cases like these but be for damn sure they're going to go back with their lawyers and revise it now so oh, yeah, they're, probably, they're probably going to change something like don't say anything about anybody who's died other you know uh for this amount of time and to me, the question is, how much time? Because he was instantly being lionized um, on everything I was watching, all the news. I I'm li I live here in Southern California. Right. All of our local news, it was back-to-back -back everywhere. Uh, tributes, people talking about how he had touched their lives, the things he had done. Correct. Um, and all telling stories and people posting pictures of the, meeting him and how kind he was to their child and signing their, their jersey or whatever. So... It's okay to say those things, but it's not okay to talk about some other part of the person's life. When well, is that okay? Yeah, when, no, no, it's not. Go ahead, go ahead. So the, that's that's the question. It's a fair question to ask, but when is it, it is. okay? I mean, because the same thing will be true, like, you know, uh, when one day Bill Cosby is no longer here. Bill Cosby did a lot of great things for a lot of for a lot of people he's, he's uh, he helped a lot of people he he changed our culture in many many ways benefiting benefiting a lot of people the same thing was true of michael jackson um as well but there's also there's other stuff there's no, other there stuff 
there is other stuff. And so this also brings up the argument again, can you separate a person from their art? And um, so this is this is really heavily contested. You're absolutely right. There's another piece of this that is missing. So this actual Washington Post reporter had actually experienced sexual assault herself. And by coming out this way right after the man has died, it made it feel like a personal attack to stick it to him specifically. Um, and if not just him, everybody who does this, because there was no reason. My This is my question. Would you have talked about the Kobe Bryant 2003 case the day before? Probably not. Oh, no, so she it wouldn't shows have. That, Absolutely, she no, wouldn't have. you probably would not have. So to me, it seems as if this was targeted and it was an opportunistic time for you to bring it up. Now, I'm not saying as a journalist you don't have the right to examine these things. You certainly do. But as a decent journalist who follows a code of the journalistic uh, the journalistic code of ethics, you have a right to respect families and to in a sense respect who you're talking about, especially after this person has died. Wait some time. So it made it feel like a personal attack. So, no, she to me, she was in the wrong. Do I agree that she should have been suspended? No, not necessarily. Do I, but I do agree you need to issue an apology when it comes to these things because you were out of line in this. It's too soon. Would you want somebody, pretend this was your father, would you want somebody going after him in this same way, like the same, like two minutes after he died? Well, I, I can honestly, due to the fact that uh, she had a history herself of sexual assault, I can actually understand why she was triggered and this is just my opinion that she was triggered maybe she said i wasn't triggered but i'm like yeah you were triggered homegirl she was oh, triggered because everybody was lionizing him everybody was i mean oh my god the tributes for him were coming in hard and fast and it was just like he was an angel instantly and and uh, there were no shades of gray in the in people were how they were discussing him uh and they're normal they normally aren't when somebody just dies you you uh you uh you you uh what's that song uh, memories uh what's too painful to remember we simply choose to forget people just remembered all the great things about this man and there were a lot of great things about him there's no denying it and so but i can see why somebody who has been a victim of sexual assault would be triggered just like um yeah uh i, I can't handle hearing about this person how incredible they are and not have any mention of uh other parts of this man's history so what You're i will right. say about it in his case versus like say uh, uh bill cosby or a or what's his roman name? polanski roman polanski or what's the we just mentioned him um uh mr weinstein. Fake walker weinstein yeah okay. I, i'm like you know good and damn that just walker like bill thing, cosby just is blind all of a sudden that walker because he was walking fine before now you oh, were now. fine and upright before and now you're crippled same thing with bill cosby oh now you're blind come on now yeah uh-huh very convenient uh but anyway but but, but to to uh so the idea that that we're not going to talk about these aspects of who these people are, these other aspects, and you can talk about all the Academy Award films, winning uh, films that he produced and stuff like that, that's all part of the rich mosaic of who these people are. But what I will say with in the Kobe's case, at least as far as we know, there was only one person who's publicly accused him of uh, a sexual assault. 
no one else versus these other people who have like just they're littered with victims so many victims uh for uh cosby and weinstein alike just tons and tons of victims so i think that that may change it but i can understand why she did what she did i one thing i am tired about is just the death threats can we please try something else what why is it when anybody says anything we don't like on social media people have to come with the death threats and because also when it comes I'm to sorry. women in particular what really disgusts me there's a lot of also threats of sexual assault uh of to women that like uh that say anything even down to s- stuff that like seriously like women in the tech community about reviewing products about or, or reviewing games not liking a certain game and threats about raping them and stuff and just like what what because, is wrong with you people yeah there is something wrong they're ill-adjusted uh, non-social have no home training so you know these are the cases where I'm like where is DCS now you're so willing to snatch other people's children but what about okay now you need to pay for it. I don't give, give a damn if they're adults go to their parents house and I'm sorry you're arrested you've, wa- you've wasted a child's life and raised a terrible child so it's, it's, it's the fact that society is okay with those types of things it's deplorable and then you know it's also on um, it's also on Twitter you know that you should not allow that type of thing damn free speech because your free speech only uh, goes as far as my personal rights go so yeah no cut them off definitely so but i do agree i do agree that she was triggered in some sort of way but that's not my issue it's an issue but you need to deal with it because if you're calling yourself reporting and then being fair if you can't do that without invoking your personal feelings and this is not the job for you I'm not but, okay, saying but, but, that okay, journalists but, but wait a minute, are robots. But, 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 no, but, but not, she did it the wrong way. That's not how but you wait deal a minute. with it. When does she stop being a reporter? If you're a reporter, are you a reporter 24 hours a day, seven days you a week? Are, or look, do you have any kind of personal anything? Was she acting? I don't think she was at. Was she acting as a reporter when she tweeted that? Or was she acting as a private citizen? It was like, hey, wait a minute. There's more to this man than the fact that he basically gave underprivileged kids free jerseys. I'm sorry. Um, you are always a reporter whenever you don't. That line, Unfortunately, this is the job that you have chosen this is the career path you have chosen whenever you tweet and she's tweeting from that check account the blue check account now okay she's not tweeting from a private i am you know fifi account and she just put it up there it's clear that she is a washington post journalist because she's using the same account that she uses to tweet about other things so if you were going to do that as a private citizen then you need to tweet from another account so even if somebody recognizes you from there you're tweeting as a private citizen she used her account that she is recognized for because if you go to her um uh, any of her articles you can reach felicia at and it's that same address so you know you she just did not think before she did it now i will say this i do agree there were others she, she should not have been suspended but you have to learn to deal with that in a way i get you're triggered i understand but you, you have to think about more than just you it's not just about you. When you did that, how do you think, okay, you're thinking, well, I'm triggered, so I'm going to write this. You, you know somebody just lost their husband, right, and their child. You think that's good for them? Is that journalistically responsible? So what happened to you? It's a tragedy, right? And again, there's some details that are not as clear. It was like, well, she was drunk. She wasn't sure, that type of thing. So yeah, something did happen. I, I get it. But now do you have to victimize other people because you were victimized you need to deal with it she was wrong for that not that uh, what not that it didn't happen absolutely it did but was it appropriate to do that and if you don't know what's appropriate then you don't need to be a journalist 
Okay, well, there needs to be some kind of, um, there needs to be some kind of uh, delineation as far as a lot of reporters, people in the public eye, have a Twitter account like at Tachi or at Kevin. And it's that's who, that's their, that's the account that has their name that count is linked. If they're writing articles, it'll link back to their private account there um, as opposed to having like um, Felicia at or, or, or Felicia Washington Post um, uh, at Felicia Washington Post, something like, something like that that indicates this is my public account for when I'm working and this is my private. Everything is when, on Twitter and Instagram. It's just kind of blended together. And so I feel like if uh there whatever the rules are clearly she did not break their rules i feel like you've got to even if you're a public figure you've got to have some kind of private account or some kind of delineation if a company hasn't said if you work for abc and they're going to basically link to my personal twitter account as opposed to kevin at abc then i should be able to say what i want to say privately especially if she's not saying something that isn't true it would be different if she said post something that wasn't true she posted a link to a story she didn't even write a story herself she posted a link to a story about the sexual assault thing because i'm sure she felt like that why aren't they because i was all the news coverage i watched didn't mention anything about the man in his totality because that was a big part of his everyone's talking about, that's something that people were saying and also, honestly i got a little triggered people were saying like not only was he the best father he was the best husband I'm like well is he like the best husband he was not. He was not the best the, husband. The we best already know husband? this. We, he was. Not, I know. It's like really. You want to rethink that statement? But Vanessa Bryant doesn't care at this moment, and that is the first thing that should be coming to people's mind. Yes, cover the person in totality, but there is a time and place for totality. A good journalist knows that. She's not a good journalist. If you don't know that there is a time and a place to cover the entire thing, then you you go get your money back from whatever damn journalism school you but went. See, I don't think of her. I don't wasted. think that she was a journalist when she posted that link. She that was story. a journalist, Kevin. <sighs> this is this is the thing. I don't care that you don't think you're tweeting as yourself when you tweet from an account that you use to retweet and put out Washington Post things or whatever whatever um, uh, outlet you work for. You are working as a journalist on that account. I don't care if it's Sunday, Saturday, or whatever. If you want to tweet as a private citizen, do not use your blue check account associated with what your position is. She is associated as a Washington Post journalist from that account. If she had another account where she, like I said, I am for at, I am forever Fifi, then, and you tweet that, that's different. You're doing that as a private okay, but, citizen. Okay, but, 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 no, but Tachi, Soledad O'Brien has an account. Soledad O'Brien used to work for CNN. Mm -hmm. When Soledad O'Brien can stop working for CNN, she still had a blue check because she's still Soledad O'Brien. She's still but a she public no longer figure. walks for works for CNN. This but she still was a public figure, the... so she still had that same account. So, but if it's Felicia not. But got it's... fired tomorrow from the Washington Post. She still has that account. Yes, but that's not the point, Kevin. The point is Soledad O'Brien used to work for CNN. She no longer works for CNN, and it's clear she is not representing CNN whenever she says anything from that blue check account. Felicia does work and currently works for the Washington Post. So whenever she opens her mouth from that blue check account, it is reflected as being a part of the Washington Post. It's two different things. 
All right. Well, clearly they need to update their policy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to update their policy because that's why I think they had they had to back down and and un, and unsuspend her because they could have been sued because I'm sure she did not break any policy they currently had. So I'm sure they they're, they're current. I, I agree with you. There somebody right now is working on a new policy for their employees about how they deal with the celebrities that pass away, what they can and can't say, or there's like a a, a, a 48 hour moratorium where they can't say anything about them other than glowing positive things about them being the best husband just, ever? Just report the story. The thing is, there are no, I don't think there were a lot of reporters that were saying, oh, he was the best husband ever. Those are things you see on social media. So there are people that were writing about his life and certain things, uh, you know, about it. But, you know, and then the incident, that was the big thing. Then usually what happens is a little bit later, you start to dissect and do retrospectives on who he was as an individual. That is the proper way to do it. And you're right. They're going to have to do something uh, about this, but you've got to be clear with your social media policies. The thing that I don't like, like I said, I don't think she should have been suspended. And that's where a lot of journalists were on her side. But I also think she hasn't learned a damn thing in this whole, th in this whole thing that she can, she can take, catch personal feelings and be feel personal about something and then because that's like taking that's not being unobtrusive that is not being objective you feel personally about or, or a way about someone and so you post something right after th that is not good journalism and yeah, so but it i would, don't but think to, she's the reason why i think it's journal it would be journalism if she had written a story but she wasn't writing a story she posted a link to a story about what happened okay that but she that's had, semantics here that's semantics. That's like say, oh, well, I didn't write. Oh, no, you meant to do that. There was intent behind that. You meant, otherwise you would not have, you know, done that. Now, I'm not saying she would have written a story herself, but there was no need because you would not have done it the day before. You would not have retweeted or posted the, that story the day before. But to be fair, Tachi, the reverse is true. People would not have been sharing pictures of, of uh, Kobe Bryant hugging their children if he had that helicopter hadn't crashed. So, of true, course, but they were doing it in tribute. She was doing this in retribution. She was trying to get people to recognize that there was that this man is a multi. There was a multi-layered uh, two hours this after man. he dies. Two hours after he dies, Kevin, I vehemently disagree with you on this. She was wrong as a journalist, as someone who is a journalist who has written for a long time. This is something a that I would never do. The, there, are, there are lines that you don't cross, and we don't need this in the journalism community now when we already have such opposition to what it is we do. When you do stuff like this, it just makes it worse. For That's why I'm saying she's selfish. She thought only about herself and what she wanted to put out and not about the consequences of this. And this is not saying you can't do this at any other time. Absolutely. But can you wait until the appropriate time? And the appropriate time is after some time has passed and you are not affecting the people that are part of his family. Come on. Well, it's interesting that the focus was so intently on her versus like uh, TMZ, which uh, yeah. was the, actually the way that uh, Vanessa Bryant found out about her husband and her daughter being killed was through TMZ, not right. th not from uh, authorities. It's interesting that the authorities were contacted like Harvey Levin before they contacted the actual victim's family. It's just it's amazing to me. You know, uh, th that was opportunistic as well. And that is terrible. That is terrible. And then that's why there was a petition on Color of Change calling for, you know, TMZ's 
what disbandment or whatever they were calling for, you know, apology, etc. Because uh, in the color of change um, thing, it was a, they were talking about how TMZ repeatedly profits off of black pain. Um, which I can't. They profit off of pay everyone's pain. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't think it's just black pain. <laughs> Not it's just pain black of pain. all many shades of pain. Many shades of pain. But I think they were specifically because of their mission looking at that. But they profit off of pain. They're, I don't consider them journalism. They are gossip, and gossip is not journalism. Oh, That's in case for say. those of you who are out there that are wondering, yes, uh, the Many Shades of Pain is the name of my duet album that I'm releasing <laughs> with Adele. <laughs> gasoline drawers, Kevin. Kevin, gasoline drawers. Many Shades of Pain. We, but we've been working diligently on that new album. And we've been talking diligently about this, so we need to move on. <laughs> oh, one last thing I was going to say. Ellen Pompeo has come out about uh, about uh, blasting TMZ and um, about them, uh, people boycotting or them being shut down. See, well, when Meredith Gray speaks, everybody listens. I know. I'm on, I'm on Team Meredith all I'm day, every day. I'm on Team Meredith. All right. So <laughs> what's our next story? Uh, our next story is... Um, not as heavy as this one, but it's still a little bit heavy. So Terry Crews apologizing to Gabrielle Union for his comments on America's Got Talent and her experience there. So he apologized for comments that seemed to invalidate her experience um, because he appeared to be defending the show's charges of, uh, or her charges of racism against the show. So defending the show against them. So he appeared last week on the Today Show and said that her complaints, Gabrielle Union's complaints, that is about America's Got Talent behind the scenes, were never his experience. Um, so now he's rethought that and issued a public apology. Because when you do say, well, you know, that's not what I, I experienced, it does seem to invalidate her experience there. And it's like, dude, after everybody was with you on the sexual assault thing, I think you need to think, I, I don't know. So he said, let's see, he's rethought his position. He said, I told at Kevin Hart for real a while ago, he needed to acknowledge the pain of other people. Right now I have to do the same thing. I want to apologize for what I said and also what I didn't say. And he said this on Friday. I hear you. I respect you and understand you. I am sorry and I'm here to support you. I spoke from my own personal point of view without first taking into consideration someone else's experience. Didn't we just talk about this? I allowed disrespectful comments directed at me and my family to cause me to react angrily instead of responding thoughtfully. This certainly caused more harm and it is my hope that I can amend any pain I have caused to those who are hurt by my words and he also said to Gabrielle Union I at Gabrielle at it's at Gabrielle you I want you to know that it was never my intention to invalidate your experience but that is what I did I apologize you have been through a lot in this business and with that I emphasize with the uh, empathize with the struggle towards fairness and equality in the workplace he wrote yeah, um, so he actually made um, his statement when he found because initially he was quiet, but then he was on the Today Show, and they asked him his take on uh, the situation with Gabrielle Union and what she had been saying about the um, uh, unfair or uh, the what's the, what's the word I'm looking for the the hostile work environment that she yeah. was experiencing when she worked there and the 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 racially charged 
environment as well as a sexist environment and um terry cruz basically came out and said like well this wasn't my experience and i never saw anything like that and everything was great and everybody was nice and he was saying how it was actually the most racially diverse and kindest and friendliest and huggiest and uh, uh rainbows and kittens for everybody at the workplace um uh, that he'd ever experienced in his whole life and so yeah that did absolutely negate what she was saying by saying it's not not only did he say it was like i hadn't experienced this myself no this is the best work environment ever to have been made in the history of man in the history of working and so i felt like it was it, it's always a bad look to me when there's either a racial incident or a sexual uh, an incident involving sexism where you have a team of people and you have the one person of color or the one person who uh, also has ovaries come out and have to be the one to say like, no, these other people aren't guilty of anything because I have ovaries. I have a melanin rich skin. And so I'm it's, I'm absolving them um, of any wrongdoing uh, because I have ovaries or I have uh, dark skin. So I can say this and that, it, that this negates whatever this other person who has ovaries or has a uh, melanin rich skin is saying and that always irks me because of your experience yes. doesn't mean just like like whatever like with the 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 whole cases we, we talked about harvey weinstein because harvey weinstein didn't rape meryl streep doesn't mean he didn't rape anybody that's just yeah, ridiculous exactly. so the idea exactly. that even if, if even this person is telling the truth that their experience my experience was i never was sexually harassed by blank or i, I was never told a, an inappropriate joke by blank doesn't mean they never told an inappropriate joke they never uh were racially insensitive or uh sexist or uh you know uh, uh harassing so it just i thought it was ridiculous that terry cruz said anything and not only did he say something but it came out basically saying this kind of bs about how the only woman i have to make happy is my wife and just like that's like a real slap to gabrielle union so absolutely you can, you can like again if somebody came out tomorrow saying how like tachi was abusive to me in the workplace all i could do is publicly say like you know what that wasn't my experience with tachi um i you know i i sympathize and i feel bad for curtis um, but that wasn't my experience. <laughs> Why with do you her? have to put Curtis? <laughs> Why do you have to put MC Curtis in? <laughs> I've worked with her for years now, and you no, know, and I've actually worked with her in two different decades. So. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and she, uh, she's great with me, but I can't speak to MC Curtis's experience. I, <laughs> I, my, my my condolences to him and his family. You know during what? During this difficult it. time, just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> but so you know what? What did you think? It, it is kind of like that. You know, I'm dying to talk about that. It's kind of like so. First of all. You, you know, there's that old thing. It's like when when you especially like people of color, you know, there's this thing with like black people. It's like, OK, look, we may disagree with you, but we're not going to disagree in public about this. And we're just going to stand behind you. Sometimes that's to the detriment, but sometimes it's for the good. And this is one of the times when I think that if she's saying something, she's not just talking out of the back of her mouth. They've, they've already gone through this whole thing. And there have been, you know, they've been, you know, trying to mitigate this situation. So this is real. So the fact that you would open your mouth and say anything sometimes just say nothing or give a general statement you don't always have to talk and go deep into it number two why would you not support her this is you know when they talk about this this unity that um sometimes we have i'm like why would you not support her you know did just just 
be behind and be there to support, particularly since you went through something so terrible and you were asking for support. So also it's okay for you to get support, but you don't want to support somebody else. Kettle black. Um, number two, this is not really the first time this has happened with her, because if you remember the other co-host that was fired as well, when they were, she was talking about the toxic work environment, she just kind of said, well, I wish the best for Sancha. I had a great time kind of negating what she was saying as well. So when that oh, other the, woman, the other, the other co-host, the other, co-host, the, right, the other judge, what's go. her name from, uh, from uh, dancing with the stars. Can't Whatever. Her I don't is. give a damn. She's gone. So she, she kind of did the same thing to Gabrielle union by like not acknowledging that was now trying to probably save herself for the next of, well, I need another job. So I'm not going to say anything, but it was basically indicating that she really didn't have any problem with what Gabrielle was talking about in terms of sexism. Definitely not racism, but in terms of sexism. So she's just as guilty as Terry Crews. Well, okay. I haven't heard what her comments were, whatever her name is. Who's like, I can't remember her name to save my life uh, from Dancing with the Stars. I haven't either. But, whatever her, but, but to me, I think the best course of action is to say, like, the same thing with Cosby. When the, after the... When he was finally arrested, they were going to a lot of the different uh, actors that worked with him and asking him to say something. And then some of them basically chose to just defend him like Felicia Rashad, who I'll never look at the same way. I'll never look at her the same way, the way she uh, defended that man versus saying, this is my experience. Like, And so I, all I can do is speak to my experience. I'm not negating anybody else's experience. And maybe Terry Crews didn't experience any kind of racial anything or sexist anything. That's one thing. But the way he came about it with mentioning his wife. And also, when he went on the Today Show, we all know uh, in this business, when you're going to go, if you're any kind of note, you can state that you don't want to talk about certain subjects when they when, before you sit on that couch. You can say, I don't want to discuss what's going on with Gabrielle Union. Uh, don't put me in it uh, because I will say nothing and and say that I'm choosing to kind of like I'm I'm not in, I'm not I don't know anything about this situation and I don't feel comfortable making any kind of comments about it. He could have done that. I believe he was sent out there specifically to negate what she had said. So I don't think it was an accident what he said. No. I thought it was actually intentional by the network, which is why it was done on the Today Show. Absolutely. And so that's why I felt like he's more guilty than what's her face, whose name we can't remember from. Uh, who used to be uh, one of the dancers on uh, uh, on uh, Dancing with the Stars? Because she was just kind of making a go along to get along comment, like, "Well, I'm not," you know, because she wants her next gig. But she didn't intentionally go out there to try and defend that show, which is, I feel like, exactly what Terry Crews was doing. He was defending that show. And so that, to me, was over the line. It's one no, thing to say, this is my experience. I'm not speaking about anybody else's experience. Again, I feel bad for MC Curtis, but Tachi's always been nice Here to me. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> invoking his name again uh, for, for those of you who don't know mc curtis and i have a fantastic working relationship i have never <laughs> abused curtis in any way well that's not what he said on tmz but anyway you know, uh, <laughs> yeah and if you believe that one <laughs> but but you know what i i think you're right it is not the same type of thing the intent was different in this case but the fact is it still happened whether there was intent there or or not the fact is one person was trying to save her behind and so well they were both actually to one was intentionally sent out there probably like you said to do that but they were both trying to save themselves um i'm glad terry cruz realized at some point 
Probably well, oh, got- oh, well for, you're being very generous. He didn't realize anything. He got so much heat on social media. Yeah, no, well, that's people, what I'm saying. I'm, people I'm sure came with Twitter. torches. The, 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 the same people that were saying bye, Felicia, to that reporter were yes. coming for him with torches, too. Uh, the, beehive, the beehive was in effect. I don't know what, I don't know how Beyonce got involved, but people were pissed. And so that's what <laughs> made him all of a sudden have a yeah. change of heart. And because uh, people, Gabrielle Union is beloved. And so for him to basically kind of throw her under the bus that way and specifically mention that comment like only one, only one I have to make happy only one I have to make happy is my wife in other words just like I don't have to make Gabrielle Union happy no one says you have to make her happy but you don't have to basically publicly undercut her well e- exactly and then you know if you forget all of these things you need allies in, in the business you need to have people on your side and so I'm sure and I don't know for sure but you know because Gabrielle Union had also experienced, well, not also, but had experienced a rape earlier, she's very sensitive to issues of, of sexual assault and things. So I'm sure she was on your side and behind you when that happened to you. So the fact that you were so quick to throw her under that America's Got Talent bus, that doesn't speak very highly of you, sir. And then the fact that you had you couldn't think about it, you not a moment's thought, and you went out there with that. But then that it took black Twitter, regular Twitter, and everybody else to blambast you into doing the right thing because you're only as good as your fans, that's terrible. So I hope you were heartfelt with that apology or forced apology, whatever the case may be. And what is the hell is that woman's name from... <laughs> It's still bugging me. Um, <laughs> she was a dancer see. on uh, Dancing with the Stars. Whoever, but she, anyway, she's fire. Whatever she, whoever, whoever she was. I know that her brother, I think, is still on that show. Anyway, but whoever she is, she's, um, yeah. I, I, my, my, my vitriol isn't the same towards her as it is uh, towards uh, Terry Crews. But if nothing else, he did finally. I guess it's. I guess you're still doing the right thing if your if your arm is twisted into doing the right thing. But it's still, it, it's gonna forever change the way I look at him as well. Yeah, yeah so he no. he's on the same list as Felicia Rashad. Ha! <laughs> Your list is growing by it's, every day. <laughs> every damn day, you've got somebody <sighs> new on that list. And when and when and when people come for me on social media, and I have to release a, nef- a different statement supporting MC Curtis publicly, <laughs> you know what? Stop it. Okay, I have the name of the fellow judge. Julianne Huff. Julianne Huff. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. That was bugging me. So yeah, we need we need to name her at least. If we're gonna if you're gonna call her out, let's say her name so people know who we're who we're talking about. Julianne Huff. So yeah, while is not as um whatever as the the you know, the Terry Crews thing, she basically was saving her behind. Oh yeah, she wants to work. There's, there's as as long as there's reality shows to be judged, there will be, you will rise like a phoenix and land on something. You know who has the best landing of landing on a on a soft spot and like rising like a phoenix is all those judges on a on on the uh, masked singer. Can you think of an easier job? Then that job, that is the best gig in Hollywood. You sit there and you're there for an hour or so and people come out in a bee costume and sing and you have to then you have to like, is it Adele? I don't know. Who could it possibly be? Is it Madonna? I'm confused. They sound incredible. The, oh, pl- somebody sign me up for that job. Exactly. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. So Julianne Huff may end up when when you know what when one of them tweets something that's wrong, 
when that chick that used to be a pussycat doll, when she gets in trouble for saying something, or or if there's some somebody digs through someone one of some old homophobic tweet or something of hers, uh, then uh, then I'll, there'll be a slot open up, and Julianne Hough will be on there going like, oh my god, I can't believe that Billy Goat has so, sound so good. Who could it possibly be? Is it former President George W. Bush? I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, that could be her job. So that's why she had to play the game and be like, ah, nobody, no one was sexist towards me. So let me say really quickly, I, I just looked up and Julianne Huff, it said that her initials first statement was um, she denied reports that she experienced criticism on her hair on the show while also promoting Holiday with the Hoffs. She said, I had a wonderful time on America's Got Talent. I love working with the cast, crew and producers. I am happy to continue my working relationship with NBC. That's the same damn thing. That's exactly the same damn thing. <laughs> he just she just didn't talk about her husband and I, the only person I have to please is my husband but that's <laughs> yeah, essentially the same stuff yeah, she didn't go there <laughs> yeah again no she wants to be on mass singer too so yeah she yeah whatever the next whatever the next reality show the need, there's always a need for judges so she wants to be on somebody's new show in the words of the infamous Nini leaks girl bye well you know I saw there's a new stuff talk about shows judges we got we got to mention some side note Okay. There is some new show called like Lego Champions or whatever. And yes. there's like celebrity judges. Again, these easy gigs. You you show up and you look at some Lego sculpture and you're like, wow, that's amazing. I like you, Legos. I like me sculptures. My, give me a chance. Hire me. Exactly. Oh, and another easy job are those people like on, on the Food Network that are basically judging like people's cupcakes and stuff like that. And like, oh, you have to taste a cupcake and then like, oh, it's pretty and it tastes delicious. You win. Give me my check. So it's, uh, like, you know, it's, a, it's a little bit dry. It's not what we've been used to in the past. But, you know, it probably these people can cook. So it's probably still good. It's just dry. Oh, oh, oh no! Yeah, no, you and you have to nuance and act like, oh, you know what? Betty always brings it in. Betty, I'm sorry. This time, your lemon, your your lemon meringue just did not, just didn't didn't sparkle like normally your other your other dishes do. You're... It didn't have that pucker that I look for in a lemon meringue. Yes. I'm so sorry, but you know you've been spatulated. You have to <laughs> your lemon curd volcano cupcakes just didn't have that eruption level that I like that you're used to bringing to us so you know i'm gonna have to vote no on you please pack your pack your spatula and go i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) now we're just mashing all these uh all these shows but but, you know we're looking for judge jobs tachi and i we would we would be good on any any kind of show you have Uh, if if it's some kind of waterfall waterfall there's some show uh, there's some show where people are making like aquariums i will judge any kind of if they're making aquariums if they're baking cupcakes if they're wearing masks while singing if they're building legos we would be so good have you all not listened to the show in our commentary Oh, you if there's a new, if there's a new kid show shows. called Dioramas to Die For, I'll judge. Oh my dioramas. god, I love dioramas. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't play with me. And you know, just like Julianne Huff, I will. I will not. There will be no sexism or racism that I will ever notice. Exactly. I won't see nothing. Exactly. Your 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 diorama of the March on Washington just wasn't what you're used to bringing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not you didn't have same. enough marchers. There were way more marchers, marchers than that, <laughs> Billy. It's not the same as when you did the diorama of um the, the, the of Malcolm X in the um Nation of Islam. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this week you just didn't bring it, Billy. 
Yeah, and we expect more during Black History Month, Billy. I'm so sorry. Much but, more. You know Much what? Pa- more. Pack, you know what? Pack your glue and go. I'm sorry. Exactly. Billy. <laughs> See, Rosa Parks didn't sit in that seat on the bus. <laughs> it's factually inaccurate. So <laughs> the tribe has spoken. <laughs> You're voted off the yeah, island. You missed the main point, Billy. She should not be standing. That was you missed the whole thing, Billy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> She you. was not standing. <laughs> Pack your construction paper and go, Billy. Exactly. I'm sorry. The se- security is waiting to escort you out. Take your glass front <laughs> box and go. <laughs> so what's our next story? <laughs> Jasmine draws for this one. Yeah, we need to I move know. on. <laughs> we're in so we're gonna people are gonna hate us so hard on social. We're in so much trouble. This but it's so up. fun, so I don't give a damn. <laughs> next story. <laughs> All right, so Friends Frenzy has been happening for a while. From Pottery Barn reissuing the apothecary table and some Friends swag to the uh, pulling of Friends off of Netflix so that it can be on NBC's new Peacock Network. People have been talking about Friends for a while now. So, but this doesn't mean that all you all on the cast of Friends need to open up your mouth about things. Let me just say that, number one. (laughs) So Ross, David Schwimmer, who played Ross, says that he fought for more diversity in Friends casting. So if you don't know, guys, Friends is actually television's most popular show of the millennium. Actually, I'm sorry. I think they're going to HBO Max, not Peacock. I'm mistaken. No, I, I thought, that. I, oh, I thought they were going to Peacock. Okay, well, wow, it, going sa- it says um, HBO Max here, and wow, I don't understand they, that. To snatch, does they that that's amazing if they snatched them away from uh, from uh, Peacock, which from is Peacock. N- it was an NBC show, right? But maybe, did NBC? I'm, I can't remember if NBC didn't own Friends. That's amazing. I, I'm well, not sure. I thought they owned it. Well, you know, this all goes with distribution rights. If they don't have the distribution rights anymore, then yeah, and it's for anybody's taking. So that's that's interesting. We need to find out more about that. Why it's going to HBO Max and not Peacock, or if it's doing both. I don't know. So um, he was he played a paleontologist, exactly, and he's weighed in about a lingering issue that has actually plagued Friends for years. We know, there is nobody but non-melanated people on Friends, and that had been like that forever. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're in New York City. There's ne'er a Puerto Rican or a Dominican that come the hell on. Even in, quote, neighborhoods where that tend to be ubiquitously non no, you see other people. So it just, that always bothered me whenever I watch Friends. I'm like, really? There's nobody named Hakeem or anything? Really? (laughs) Come on. No Hakeem. No (laughs) Hakeem. You know, no Balala. Nobody? Come on. So, um... For a show that revolves around New York City, that was just really, really not realistic. So, but in a Guardian interview, David Schwimmer said that he advocated for more diverse casting throughout the show's 10 season run, especially when it came to women who he dated. So um, he said this, I was well aware of the lack of diversity and I campaigned for years to have Ross date women of color. One of his first girlfriends was on the show was an Asian American woman. And later, I dated an African-American woman. That was very, that was a very conscious push on my part. So okay, says, I know I had to read it that way, but yes, it was a conscious Because I'm trying to be David push. Schwimmer. 
he pushed for it. So give him the give. Him, that's nothing. Nobody else was down with the swirl on that show. So he was he was the only character. I don't believe anybody else. We didn't see Rachel. We didn't see Monica. We didn't see Chandler. We didn't see what was that other guy's name? Phoebe or uh, uh, Joey dating uh, anybody that wasn't like you know uh, in no, desperate melanated. need of sunblock. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. But I mean, and I get it. He's only one person, but, um, that's not the, that's not the issue. So perhaps he pushed for diversity in terms of that. So that, Ooh, one person of color goes into central park when that's totally not the way it ever works in New York city. Um, so this was, that's not the big thing. Maybe you did push for it, but that wasn't the issue. The issue was that um, he suggested that um, to address the diversity problem and suggested that maybe there should be an all black version of Friends. Or I think he also said like an all Latino an Asian, version. An Asian, an Asian version. An all okay. Asian version of Friends as far right. as a reboot. Because people, people keep asking for a reboot of Friends. So he's saying, why not do a, an all black version of Friends or an all, all Asian cast version of Friends? Yeah, exactly. But the problem is there was already an all black version in Friends. In fact, Friends was the all white version of Living Single. And Erica Alexander, who was who played Max on Living Single, actually brought this to his attention via Twitter. Okay, because Friends was inspired by Living Single, basically. So Living Single was created by Yvette Browser Lee, or sorry, Yvette Lee Bowser in 1993, and it followed the lives of Khadijah James, who was Queen Latifah. Sinclair James Jones, who is Kim Coles, Regine, Regine Hunter, Kim Fields, Maxine Shaw, who is Erica Alexander, Overton Jones, who is John Henton, and Kyle Barker, who I loved. He was Terrence T.C. by Terrence T.C. Carson. So it was basically a group of professionals who lived in their 20s in a Brooklyn brownstone. And that was the backdrop of the show and their dating, their trials and tribulations. It would, let me tell you, that show was everything when I was, because I actually was, um, um, in, well, I was an undergrad when I was, you know, a college student when this came on and it, you know, read, didn't run anywhere near the same amount of time that friends did, but it was a cultural phenomenon, black professionals living together in New York city. What does that sound like friends? Okay. So, you know, um, he said, Erica Alexander said, Hey, at David Schwimmer and at Friends TV, are you seriously telling me you've never heard of hashtag living single? We invented the template. You're welcome, bro. David Schwimmer to the Guardian. Maybe uh, quoting that maybe there should be an all black friends or all Asian friends. So but this just go, goes to the point, And this is where you put your foot in your mouth before you any of these people do any research. They open their mouths on Twitter and say things like this. Why wouldn't you at least go and Google and this would have come up? But it also shows that you they don't have to be aware of anybody but themselves and their own experiences when it comes to entertainment in general but when it comes to entertainment because you never would have made that statement had you been aware and known about living single and it's probably was like a passing fleeting thing in his mind but i mean bro before you make those kind of statements in public go and bloody research they invented the template so, so that's very embarrassing. He should be embarrassed. <laughs> okay. Well, I do want to play something uh, to kind of give a little bit more context. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Queen Latifah was actually on a talk show 
Um, oh my god, I, his name is failing me right now. Carpool Karaoke. What's that guy's um, name? Um, um, um. James Corden. James Corden. So yes, she was on James Corden. So she actually addressed uh, the connection between friends and living single. So let me play you a little clip. I heard a rumor, which I think could be true, which is that the living single was a jumping off point for another huge sitcom on NBC, right? Yes, yes, Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. It was it was interesting because when Living Single came out, um, shortly thereafter, Warren Littlefield, who was president of NBC, NBC, they asked him if he could have any show on television, any of the new shows, which one would it be? And he said Living Single. It was in the newspaper. And the next thing you know, here comes Friends, which was an amazing show. And, yeah. and they did a great job with it. So, I mean, if you're going to rock it, that's the way to do it. Sure, you know I mean? but I know he... All right. So, yeah. So, uh, so definitely they were an inspiration for what Friends uh, turned mm-hmm. out to be. Mm-hmm. And all I could think when I was uh, this controversy came up is how many times has, have we been through this in pop culture uh, before there were uh, the. Uh, first, there was Jackson Five, and then there were the Osmonds. Uh, b- b- uh, first, there was Little Richard, and then there was Elvis Presley. And um, uh, before there was um, New Kids on the Block, there was New Edition. So there have been other things that have inspired other things. Or when I say inspired, I'm being incredibly generous. They're just blatant ripoffs <laughs> of other things. Right. Um, uh, because they can basically, you know, make more money sometimes doing things with a cast that is not diverse. And even the thing that he said that what bothered me about the statement was the idea of doing an all black friends or an all Asian friends. In 2020, can we progress from having an all anything cast when we're talking about a group of people that are friends or colleagues or in a workplace where we have like, you know, I have friends that don't look like me. Um, and I think a lot, most of us have friends that don't all look like us where, where, where we live in a diverse world. And so um, you can know a Hakeem and you can know a David Swimmer at the same time. You can be friends with both of them. And so I really have an, a problem with the idea that if we were going to remake friends today, that it would need to have to be an all Hispanic cast or an all Asian cast or an all Indian version of friends. Yeah, and I I agree. And then I kind of see the point of of that. I'm not saying that he's um the way he was saying it is like oh well to kind of counterbalance it. Why don't we do an all? And that's not realistic. See, the thing is, the reason why things like Living Single and whatever worked is because and why it would make sense to have, for example, an all black cast of something or all Asian cast is some. Well, let's stick with black because often. Those are the people that you hang around, right? Those are the people that you, and this doesn't mean that you have, and you don't have other friends. That doesn't mean that at all. That doesn't mean you don't hang out with other people. But um, sometimes you are around a ubiquitous group and that makes sense. But what didn't make sense, it's not about the cast. It could very well be, you know, with friends, they, they, they probably didn't hang around with other people. Fine. So that's fine. But what didn't make sense is that nobody else you saw on the street or in Central Park or anywhere else was of any really ethnicity. That didn't make sense. So it was like, you know, like you tried to whitewash it. So I could see you having a group of ubiquitous friends because, you know, 
frankly, that's who you grew up with, or these are the people that are your friends. I can see that. But what I don't see is the surroundings being non-diverse. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, I agree with you on that point, but I'm talking about the idea of a remake in 2020. That's or what he was talking about. So well, the idea that, yes, no, I agree. It, it, not not that you wouldn't have a group of, like, you know, six white friends when two of the friends happen to be brother and sister. That's I'm not arguing that. I, I never had a problem with that and friends. The, uh, the problem was the idea that they never even, for the most part, came across anybody who wasn't white in the middle of New York City was, uh, was, was hard to believe. But there were a lot of hard-to-believe things, like those giant-ass apartments that they lived in but they know but most time they were unemployed living in those big ass apartments in manhattan um so that was and not so. and they were like okay they were to the the equivalent of what um millennials are today so they were like supposed to be like gen xers right and they're all young and i'm like so nobody had to go home and live with their parents because they couldn't afford rent or nobody had to get i'm like this is impossible this does not happen in the new york of city at all so it was also unrealistic (laughs) when it came to things so uh, aside from the the ethnicity factor and the lack of diversity it was just wholly unrealistic like you said nobody had there are big apartments like that but they're not paying nothing well them. i think that i think this story was that monica and uh, rachel's apartment was supposed to be one of i think monica's grandmother's rent controlled or something i think they tried to allude to that but that apartment was huge and um but they never did address joey's apartment and uh, chandler's apartment still should have they shouldn't have been able to afford that apartment because joey was an out-of-work actor almost all the time on that exactly. show and so anyway um so yeah there were other issues but i but to me the the issue with doing a, a remake of friends or reimagining, which eventually there will be another version of, because everything is old. Everything old is new again constantly. In fact, we're getting reboots of things that only went away like four or five years ago, and it's back again in a new version of it. And so, I'm just saying, if you're going to do Friends again, I I don't think it needs to be uh, the idea that it all has to be one race. Um, I hope if nothing else from this controversy happens, is I wouldn't mind a reboot of Living Single. So I hope that that might happen from all of the attention that this controversy has brought to the show. Oh, absolutely. I would love a reboot of A Living Single, and I think it would work really well. And I know there are a lot of networks that have tried to do things like, okay, Tyler Perry has this show, Sisters, and there's some other things that are out there that are trying to mimic um, the you know young African American lives, uh, young African millennial lives, but it's not the same as a living single. So I would love for a living single. And in fact, you know when we did if whatever show we would like, if that could come back, living single is one of mine. Well, because I'm, I feel like I would like when I say a reboot, I don't mean like a remake. I mean basically get the old gang back together because yes. they're at a, they're at a certain age where some of them may have been married, but they're now newly single again, uh, are no longer paired, and in a 2020 kind of world, they would be glad they had their girls. Exactly, because I want for Max and Kyle to have gotten married and then um, divorced, bitterly divorced. I, that would be so delicious for the show. 
Oh, it would be so much fun to, to 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 bring them all together and have them living in this uh, same uh, general area and uh, uh, getting back out there and seeing Queen Latifah getting back out there and dating again after whatever. Or having her character come out as, as being a lesbian, which we always knew she was. But anyway, that would be interesting. Has she ever come out, <laughs> No, the character is never no. The, no, Khadija was heterosexual from start to finish. Right, but I'm has just saying, she ever come out? Uh, no, uh, no. Queen Latifah's sexuality is her own, other than it, yeah, well, the, which is fine. The, but no, she's never publicly. No, she has not publicly come out. We just see images and from time to time on different uh, covers of magazines of her and her partner on some island or something like that, making out or something. So, but we then but, know then then that's not going to be Khadija's story. Next. Okay, well, I'm just saying it doesn't mean just because she uh, is choosing not to talk about why can't Khadijah uh, have had uh, her situation change or she could be bisexual or something because it would be too close to her own life. All right. Well, she wasn't. Wait, wasn't she in that uh, set it off thing? She was, but where at, she played herself. But anyway, she, okay. oh! <laughs> <laughs> Gasoline draws. That was not me, Queen Latifah. The views expressed by Kevin Nemorona, not the views of TV channeling or subsidiaries. That was not me. All right, let's move on to our next story. Queen Hive, get him. All right, so we I have... love Queen Latifah. I love Queen Latifah. I, I'm asking for her to be back on TV. You say that now. <laughs> MC Curtis, defend me like I defended you. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Curtis right. can't save you now. <laughs> okay, Tachi. So what's the next story? Okay, so finally, we're we're actually this is kind of like commentary. So we're talking about the um you help me. The show that uh just got canceled by Netflix is called Soundtrack. Um, soundtrack, uh-huh. So soundtrack getting canceled. And the question is, well, there are other shows that have been canceled by Netflix a as well. In fact, don't you have a list of things that have been canceled? Yeah, I have a list of some of the shows that have been canceled. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Dear White People has been canceled. A show, a personal favorite show of mine that people are actually actively trying to save is uh, uh, Anne with an E, uh, the Anne of Green Gables reimagining. Right. Um, that is currently, they re recently released the third and what they're calling final season. But people are all like, no, we need a season four. And they're very upset. Another show um, that recently, Glow, was announced that uh, it's uh, in its final season. Um, uh, I believe OA was uh canceled um apparently uh trinkets uh is supposed to have a second you and, said, uh, you uh, said uh, it sorry, it's not getting a second season um it will i'm sorry it will not continue after it's uh uh would not continue after the second season. so there is going to be a second season released of trinkets but that's going to be it um and so there's quite a few shows that just have either gotten one season oh a perfect example is one of the shows we reviewed a while ago was gypsies uh 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 gypsy uh star naomi watts which was an incredible show that got one season there was since eight got canceled unceremoniously and then the uh people had to come out of uh uh come out in force and to get uh, uh netflix to deign to even give like a wrap-up movie to kind of uh have some kind of conclusion 
uh, for the fans of the show. And so the question is, is Netflix giving people enough time to even know about some of these shows? Because mm-hmm. like Soundtrack was canceled. I hadn't even heard about it. I read that it was canceled. I'm like, I didn't even know the show existed. It launched and then like within days it was canceled. Not to mention what they did to all the fans of the Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Well, I don't know if there were any fans of Iron Fist. But anyway, the uh, the fans of Luke <laughs> Cage. <laughs> And, and daredevil and so those were all canceled of course there was some kind of thing with uh with marvel uh and disney but i believe they were they were allowed to do further seasons but they chose to just back out and not do any more seasons even though they they maintained the rights of the for, uh, to the characters for a couple of more years they're like fine if we're gonna we're not we're just gonna go ahead and just let this die now which i think was a huge mistake and so I haven't been happy with Netflix. I'm not sure what their criteria is. And what makes it such a shock to people versus regular network TV is at least there we have access to ratings data. So you can kind of know when one of your favorite shows is in danger. With Netflix, you're like, la, 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 just living your life. And then like, oh, wait, my what? My show's canceled. You have you're you're completely blindsided every single time. I, I agree. I agree. But um, l- let me tell you what. Yeah, I don't know what their selection or thought process is, but I can kind of guess that their thought process is we're 20 billion dollars in the hole. So we need to get rid of some of this fat, um, even though things like our, I love I really liked Dear White People. It was well done. It was uh, well shot. It was interesting. We loved Gypsy and we were interested in seeing where that was going to go. And I think you know, they're right. It's actually, you know, an article that talked about, are they giving, you know, a chance for it to grow wings? No, I don't think they are giving these shows enough of an opportunity to grow, to get audiences to connect with it. And in some cases, audiences are connecting with it and then you snatch it the hell away. I, I don't know. You can't, I don't think that's a sustainable model to have something around for three seasons and then, you know, let it go. You've already, it, it costs more to go ahead and create new programming uh, than it does to let the programming that is doing well, you know, but, you know, may just need to catch, you know, grow its wings or spread its wings to let that go. That's a whole other thought process, and that's a whole other process to go ahead and get new actors, audition, do that. That costs more. Well, I don't understand is why they can't. The, the one thing that they could do to set themselves apart from other streaming services, as well as network television and cable television, is to give a guarantee to the fans. I wish any network, any place, uh, network or streaming service would be the first one to say, We're, we are on the side of fans. And so, if your show is not doing well enough to 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 garner a third or fourth season, what we're going to do is we're going to have everybody come back. We're going to have the creators of the show be guaranteed to do a wrap up movie. Uh, so if it's a two, if it's an hour long drama, if a show gets canceled after like three seasons, well, everybody will come back to do a two hour movie to wrap it up. If it's a half hour show, like one day at a time when they cancel that unceremoniously, that uh, did get resurrected on on pop uh, TV. Mm-hmm. But if it was going to basically just end midstream. And so 
have it come back for an hour special to wrap it up it makes it a more valuable property for them and also for syndication eventually if it gets pushed out to other platforms to have put a period at the end of the sentence and so i feel like that's the least these paid services can do is not get us into some show that ends on some kind of cliffhanger uh where and just that oh well sorry too bad so sad it's over it's, it's just not cool. I don't know why they can't learn that lesson and uh, give that to fans because what, what it does to me is it discourages me from trying new things. When there's some new show, especially these sci-fi things, Netflix has tons of these sci-fi things that have very intriguing premises and then you start watching it and it's, oh, it's canceled. And you'll never find out what the hell that robot behind the green door was doing. Just like, <laughs> well, what was he getting? But he went behind that green door and that was going to change everything. What happened? No, no but it's you're like never going to know. Family matters where uh judy went up the stairs and never came back <laughs> he went behind the green door and never came back yeah so I, I i feel like one of these networks as much money as they as they have they can they can at least do that they can say we can't say that we're gonna keep every this show doesn't have enough people that are watching it to garner a whole other season but every show if we if it was good enough for us to put on in the first place it's good enough to end the story you're right. You're right. I, I, I agree. But what they're doing is not a sustainable model. They're going to have to figure out because like you said, you don't want to get emotionally invested in characters and a story that you know is not going to be around for very long. It's like, eh, well, why even watch? Because they're only going to cancel it after one season. So I, I think they need to do and, and some of these things it's didn't need to be canceled, in my opinion. Um yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm, you know, sometimes I can't sleep at night, Tachi, wondering, like, did Jessica Jones die of alcohol poisoning? <laughs> is she still drink? Is she going to AA? What the hell has happened to her? Well, we know we know why this happened with the Marvel, um, you know, properties. That that was more of a thing because, you know, moving over to what's the name? Yeah, so, but, but remember, but but Netflix still, they, as we speak, they still own the rights to those characters. They could have, if nothing else, if they decided well, you're, we're not going to basically keep making uh, shows and giving more money to Disney, what they could have done is like, you know what? We're going to do a the Defenders movie to wrap up all, because the, all those characters were Defenders. Have a Defenders movie or miniseries to wrap up the stories of all the shows. They could have wrapped up Daredevil, uh, uh, Luke Cage, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jessica Jones, and to a lesser extent, uh, uh, Iron Fist, um, and, and wrapped all that up <laughs> Leave him alone. Leave in Iron one Fist foul alone. swoop, instead of just leaving fans just like, you know, what? Yeah, no, they they could have done that, but they didn't. So I'm, I'm, it will be interesting to see how in the future they handle all of this. So, All right, I can't. We've come. To, we've come to the end of another episode of TV channeling, Taji. Yes, we have, and it's a, it's quite a lengthy episode, <laughs> guys. So, so feel free to take breaks as you're watching because you're gonna want to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> you got sometimes you have to stop and stretch a little bit as you're listening. Take breaks. You're gonna want to listen to the whole thing though. So you know, stop and take breaks. You're gonna also, you know, okay. you're gonna you're gonna also want to replenish your fluids. Replenish fluids, drink some water, take a bathroom break, whatever. But this was very, very fun. I enjoyed our conversation about Picard and all of the interesting news we had. So thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Tachi. So Tachi, how can people um, uh, listen to our show? What other platforms are they available on other than how they're listening to us right now? Well, I mean, there are so many. You can listen to us on Stitcher. 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. You can listen to us live Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on WJMSRadio.com, which is really cool. You can hear us live. And you can listen, if you don't remember any of those ways for some reason, just go to tvchanneling.com and you can listen to our latest episodes on the website. So if you have something that you want to suggest to us in terms of, oh, um, before we get to that though, make sure you like and subscribe, right? So subscribe to us so you get the podcast sent to you straight away. You get the information dropped to you first and then write a review, please. We love great reviews. Tell us how you're enjoying your time with TV channeling. That's yeah, and we know you're liking I'm us sorry. because you're still listening to us right now. So if you didn't yeah. like us, you could have stopped listening ages ago. Go away. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk uh, how they can reach us on social. Maybe there's something you want to suggest to us. Maybe you have a comment about Baby Yoda, you know. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or any of the incredibly controversial things that have been said in this episode. Exactly. You want to come for us on Twitter or, or, or on Instagram. There are a couple different ways to do it. We are on pretty much every uh, uh, social media platform that matters. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Twitter. And we are... Um, at I'm sorry, we are uh, uh, at TV channeling everywhere. Um, and so like Tachi said, if there's a show you'd like us to review, if there's something going on in pop culture, you want to hear our controversial and um, um, and uh, despised reactions <laughs> that we're garnering from people. Yes. <laughs> if, if you want to get a torch to come after us and you need to know how to reach us, reach us on social media. And the easiest way is again, tvchanneling.com it's links to our social media accounts there and 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 you can listen to our episodes and learn more about us our bios are there our social media feeds are there so it's all going on on tvchanneling.com it goes down on tvc with that thank you guys so much for listening it's because of you that we even do this you all are the fire that is lit underneath us to talk tv pop culture and movies. Thank you. So we're going to say goodbye the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it on CBS All Access, we're talking about <laughs> With the all new melanated cast of friends. Cheers. <laughs> we won't be there for you. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>